Welcome back to the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what is going on in the world, how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name is Brooke. I'm your host. This is episode number 48, the very last one of the year, number 48. We almost, we did really good, Lauren. We did well. 48 out of 52 weeks. 48 out of 52. Actually, that's pretty that's, good. That's pretty good. I feel real good about that. We had a couple unique travel weeks or holiday weeks. I can't remember what it was that that we missed. But yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. But still, I mean, that's. I feel like I feel like we did a pretty good job. Maybe maybe we'll get renewed for a second season. Renewed twenty two. You know? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> we may have been canceled already. We just that's don't right. know. We just don't know it. It's not actually going out anymore. You know, um, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't point out uh-huh. who wore the jersey, the football jersey, forty eight. Oh that gosh. he he had a it was a short career uh it ended mostly because of injury um <laughs> not talent lack of talent <laughs> that would be me in high school hey all right <laughs> number 48 I'll let, I'll let that one slide number I, 48 on the field and I number one in your heart outside linebacker i was 6'1 160 <laughs> and uh just would light people up and hurt myself all oh the time. that's good i got i got the hardest hitter award okay. my senior year and I also just was hurt all the time. I, I was not I was not made for football. <laughs> Hence the back problems and all kinds of all the fun I things that I you still deal twitch with. And, yeah. Oh, that's tons of fun. Yeah. That's that's good. To, okay, I was a little worried when you were like, "All right, let's go back into this again." Okay, well, I'll, I'll let that one slide. I don't think number anybody 48. else. I don't think anybody famous or, or any good ever wore forty eight. That's a unique number. I, I'd have to I'd have, I'd to, have to go up. back and look because that's a weird middle it's number. It's a weird. Not it's like a fullback. I was gonna or, say like yeah, or a safety or maybe something. a linebacker. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> why don't we move on from sports and talk about some of the things that stick out? Let's look back at the year of 2021. Yes, we made it through 2020, Oof. only to find out that 2021 was just the same. Yes, <laughs> it was not a whole lot better. I think 2020. In said, a lot of ways. Said to 2021, man, <laughs> it doesn't get beer. any harder than this. <laughs> yeah, 2021 <laughs> said, hold my beer. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, Sadly. Yeah. All right. So let's think about what <laughs> what are some of the what are some of the things that stick out to you um, looking back at the year of 2021? Mm. What sticks out to you? That's a great question. Uh, we did talk about this briefly before our recording, and I was surprised how little came to mind from last winter and spring. Maybe that's because I'm getting old and I can't remember. <laughs> but I do know this. Uh-huh. Uh, things were still much more detached, much yes. more disconnected yes. than they are this fall. I mean, last last winter and spring, I feel like uh, even with our on-campus meetings each Sunday, Sunday morning, uh, we had a lot of our smaller groups disconnected, uh, doing Zoom chats, mm-hmm. um, it, we definitely were very low on the programmatic end of things. Yeah, uh, I, I think that that seemed to to start to change in the summer, mm-hmm. and then I really feel like this fall, apart from apart from the headlines that still do, are dominated by now the Omicron, if I'm saying it right, um, strain and different. How many? How many? How many sporting events have been canceled and postponed lately? Not to go back to sports, but it's kind of a barometer. Of, yeah, it's, and it's, it's coming. It's, it's all over the right country. Back to it, yeah. yeah, but I say that to say most of my memories are more from I think summer and fall. Yeah, uh, 
I mean, I think about like <laughs> if you think about the beginning of the year, like that's when my wife got COVID. We 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 found mm. thyroid cancer, and I think we probably spent like a month in quarantine. <laughs> was that <laughs> like, was that last winter? It was in it was in this it was in February when wow. we had the snowstorm. Was, Remember the snowstorm yes. that shut everything down. That's right. Yeah, all at the same time, and we Doesn't did that all seem like things. two years ago. I know it does. It seems like forever ago. Wow. But hey, we did. We did. Uh, we started rooted this year yes. as 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 one of our, yes, that's uh, true. our deals, and we uh, as a staff secretly behind the scenes we piloted piloted it. Uh, last rooted. that was last winter and yep. into the spring, and then over the summer. A lot of people don't know this, but we had three different groups of of leaders in our church go through Rooted, uh, yep. another pilot experience, and that was that in and of itself was really rich for me, and I trust for a lot of people. And then, then this fall we had almost eighty uh, go through Rooted, yeah, uh, just from the church in general. And so, yeah, I think Rooted is something to really celebrate. Yeah, a lot of people that may be listening and don't know what that is, it's it's really our fourth out of our five steps on our discipleship pathway it's our catalyst for people to experience oh this is what it means to be a group this is what it means to have a few close friends journeying together as we pursue jesus Mm -hmm. Um, so to do that with a bunch of people i mean i think overall easily 120 130 people from our church this past 2021 year have, have experienced root. That's awesome. That's worth celebrating. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we we did. Uh, we started more about colonial this year. Yes. Um, I think about uh, um, if you want to go back through like podcast episodes, like we we had we had Terry and Karen Johnson on here. That was yes. I think the most that was a treat. Listened to podcast was it really? episode. Yeah. Huh. Um, we had an episode that you talked about homosexuality, and that was way probably up there. got a bunch of bunch our, of listens. Yep, our launch episode was was one of like I think it was number three, but it was like mostly the stories. Like mm. every time we had somebody on here that was you know that shared their own <laughs> that was not journey. Us, yeah, it was uh, <laughs> that people, be, were, people that were like, oh, I should listen to that. <laughs> uh, that's true. But then, hey, you get into the fall. We in the fall we got to do a whole lot more things. We. Um, Obviously, we had Compassion Sunday, and we've been we've been talking about that's that big for deal. the last couple that's of weeks because that was what three weeks ago. But we got eighty kids sponsored. Yep, that's phenomenal. And we're at eighty now. Yeah, Fantastic. Angel Tree, Angel Tree. Um, we came together and provided gifts, Christmas gifts for one hundred and fifty four kids. Nice. Um, in in several different uh, locations. If I got all those numbers wrong, yeah. and Barbara can fix that if I mess that all up. But uh, we partnered with One Life and Unity and. Um, did Thanksgiving meals and we did Thanksgiving meals and, and Christmas meals. Yeah, um, that, so we got five hundred of those. Like, I mean, it was really cool. So, um, we had uh, we had eighteen people get baptized this year. Awesome, that's great. Yes, especially because I know a number of people are are still kind of waiting. I've, I've I've talked to I shouldn't say a number. I've talked to a couple of folks that they want to get baptized and they're still waiting because of COVID. It's just it just keeps lingering. Yeah, you know? yeah. I have a couple of thoughts from this year. Um, okay. We, I guess as a teacher, uh, I'm not tooting my horn. I'm genuinely saying that just my own journey of preparation in teaching the Sermon on the Mount last spring yeah. was really good, really good for me. Shocker to study Jesus' most famous <laughs> teaching. Yeah, right. But it was challenging. It was uncomfortable. It was uh, humbling. And, um, man, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 
I have to assume I enjoyed it more than anybody. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so, because I that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, it kind of feels weird if you didn't. <laughs> well, let's see. We had um, we we lost some some pillars of of oh, colonial boy, we this did. year. Yeah, um, we were talking about it again before we started recording. We lost we lost some giants. We lost we lost some Mount Rushmore folks. Yeah. for colonial um, Martin, Martin Beck. Beck passed away, yep. and he'd been struggling for quite a while. Uh, Martin just gave so much of himself to Colonial. I think, I think modeled uh, just a person of prayer mm-hmm. uh, all day long in different ways. Just just connected, talking to God, praying yep. for people. Modeled evangelism. Just would at the drop of the hat bring up Jesus with with strangers. Yeah. Um, everybody I have encountered that knew Martin. I'm so glad I got to know him a little bit. But before my time, just spoke of the tremendous impact he's had on our community and certainly colonial we lost buddy trump yep buddy was one of those guys that would just give you the shirt off his back and then if you needed something else he'd he'd give you whatever uh i just, i think i'm always going to have images of him walking around at the movies with the popcorn you know <laughs> yeah, that's right uh he did enjoy that role he would show up to pray with our prayer team at all hours mm. he was incredibly kind uh, to so many people, including me. Uh, I miss Buddy. I, with my Aggie jokes, you know, I think about Buddy because he he got a kick out of my Aggie jokes. He was the one that enjoyed those. If if you can, yeah. as an Aggie, I don't know. enjoy those. Um, Man, he was here. I don't, I don't know. Like, he he might as well have been on staff. Like as often as he was yes. here, like he mowed the lawn yes. and took care of any random thing that popped up or thing that he thought of. Like, I just think about how, how often I'd walk out to my car and he's out working on something. Yep. That's true. I, middle of the week at all hours, I'd, I'd see him here on campus given of himself. And then, and then I think about us losing a uh, Alton Carter this, this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Um, literally one of the charter members of our church. Mm. He passed away at 93. So he was in his early sixties. Um, when he was a just a strong leader and uh, had everything to do with the the formation of, of Colonial as a new church, and, yeah, um, I didn't get to know Alton until late in his life either. But I just I, my memories, uh, unfortunately, are only of him being a fixture in what we used to call the usher's closet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we may still call it that, but it's up in our front <laughs> lobby, and he'd have his own chair. And I think it's security or something. Yeah. Um, and he was there, he was there all the time. Uh-huh. And I, I can't imagine when he was more mobile, how, how involved he was. Cause I know that everybody just loved Alton. Hmm. Those are some giants, man. It's crazy. Oh, that's assuming we didn't forget anybody either. Yeah. I sure hope we didn't. Um, uh, I know we've, I know we've had some other folks experience loss for sure this past year. Absolutely. It's um, been a long year. It's for been sure. a hard, hard year and a half, two years. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I mentioned uh, mentioned you know partnering with with One Life and Unity and, and Unity Church, somebody that we've partnered with before, but uh, um, they uh, celebrated their last Sunday um, yesterday. Yes, that's uh, a big this, deal. This past weekend, as as they are as the young bloods are are moving on to yeah. uh, to a different location and and uh, we've just had a different chapter there but we've had YB on a couple of times he he let me interview him and share that with our church last spring and I know a number of people have have visited Unity Church uh, and enjoyed just stepping into that world mm-hmm. and I, um, 
I'm I'm genuinely bummed. He's I think they're moving to the Austin area as yeah. the plan. Um, I'm, I'm genuinely bummed. We've we've formed a friendship with him personally, and and yeah, and certainly seen their church as different as they are, uh-huh. uh, Pentecostal and uh, worshiping in blatantly different ways than we do, and, sure. and even some different theology probably about uh, the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. They are brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm I'm really bummed that 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 chapter is closing. Well, so I have to I have to share this with you. And, okay. and uh, you've got a grin on your face. <laughs> What's coming? <laughs> so they had their they had their final. Um, I guess I guess they had a tr- they had a, a a service on Sunday, but Saturday night they had like a a celebration of the transition and the change that's happening. And um, and uh, he invited me to come to it. And so I thought, you know what? I don't I don't know what I'm going to, but uh, sure, I'll totally be there for you, man. I'm, I'm there, and uh, so he, he uh, they they had several other churches come from um, or or like their worship team and um, the one of the pastors or whatever come from different different uh, churches in their district is what they called it um, that's, that's all over like North Texas and Oklahoma and and uh, so they're they're all there to uh, to to share some stuff and but again i don't have any idea i have zero context for what i'm about to walk into so i hope i hope yb listens to this at some point i might <laughs> i might text him until he has to but uh so i have zero context like i literally told my wife before i left i was like i have no idea what i'm going to it might be like we're gonna have some cookies and give hugs and shake hands and we'll be there for like 30 minutes or it might be like a full-on service and it might be a three-hour deal, and I'll see you mm. later. And uh, so, three hours and five minutes later, when I left and got home, um, I was like, "Okay, well, that was, <laughs> was one of my options that I thought of." But so, so the the, the thing I have to share is that um, as as I'm I'm there by myself, it's just you know my wife stayed home with the kids, and and I just kind of I just went, I just went to be supportive and and uh, tell them I love them and. And um, I sat in the back and just sat there and enjoyed because it's like you said it's different. They're, yeah. they're, they're, um, uh, the 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 Pentecostal style is different. Their yeah. worship style is different. Their preaching style is different, and right. all the above, right? And so I knew that I'd been to been been to some churches like that before, but um, but in this scenario, like. I don't have any idea what I'm walking into. Like, I don't know what this is. I don't know if we're like, hey, let's share stories about the YBs. Let's, uh, you know, or, or or let's, like, they're going to preach and there's going to be a message. And I was like, I, I have nothing. I've got no no concept. So I'm sitting there and they get started and, and they play a couple of songs. Um, their worship team's getting into it and, and, uh, and then, and then, uh, uh, pastor YB walks up and he's like, Hey, so thank you guys for being here. Um, tonight we're going to hear from, um, several different, uh, organizations throughout our district and some, and some of the, they, they brought their, their worship teams. So they'll get up and, and play some songs. And I was like, Oh, that's really cool. We're going to hear from some, some even, even more. There was one from Wichita Falls and one from Denton and, and Tulsa and Ada and Oklahoma city. And so like the, the whole bunch of different places. And he's like, so it's going to be, it's going to be good. We're going to get started. He said, but first, um, I, um, I wasn't going to do this, but, uh, but first I want to bring somebody up that, um, that doesn't know I'm going to do this. And, but since he's here, I'm going to go ahead and do it. So were you, were you heard, heard every word? Was your heart skipping a beat? I knew, I knew. As soon as he said that, I knew it. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and he, he's, and then now he's like trained in on me, like yes. looking at me in the back. I love it. And he's like, so, 
Um, Pastor Pastor Brooke from uh, uh, Pastor he called me Pastor James. Pastor James. He called you Pastor James. Oh yeah, Pastor James it. from Colonial Church. Um, why don't you come on up here? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. You you I'm said like, no. no, I'm good. And you said no. He's like, no, no, no. Come on, come on up here. <laughs> and I just sat there like. There's no way I'm getting out of this. Uh, I, I I got nothing. I, there's no way I'm getting out of this. And so he, I come up there, and and um, of course one of their worship team comes over and hands me a microphone, and I was like, what am? <laughs> and so he's like, yeah. So uh, we just uh, wanted to invite invite Pastor James up here for uh, for a minute before we before we get some of these other people up here. So um, so yeah. And then he turns around and walks off. And so just, now just gave you the floor. Just hands me a microphone. Didn't even tee, didn't even tee it up. Nope, nothing at all. <laughs> Like nothing. I again, again. I have zero context. This is, this I've is, got nothing. This is ninety-eight percent of the population's worst. I nightmare. know, I know, and I am not. You know this. I'm not a let, get me up on stage and let me have a microphone and let's talk. That's not me. And he just walks off, and he's got this big old grin on his face. He's just giggling. He kind of knew what he did to you. Oh, he right? totally did. So what'd you do? We all we're all wanting to know what you I, did. I rambled about. So I don't know. Like I was just like I was so caught off guard. Like I was just like I don't know what to do. And all I could think of was like, man, if this had been like Tanner or you or or really anyone else in this situation, I'd be giggling right alongside it. Like I would have just thought that was the funniest thing. But it was me, and I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I'm glad this is this is like my nightmare. And and then I felt like like as the night goes on, like if it had been like towards the end, and he was like, well, I want you to come up. Then I have context, but right. I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed. You don't to even do. know what's coming next. I have no idea what's coming next. I don't know what I'm supposed to like. Am I supposed to say something? Am I preaching all of a sudden? Am I, I had nothing. So yeah, uh, I got uh, I got thrown to the wolves there by YB, and <laughs> finally I was like, and and he was like, all right, we got about ten minutes. And I was like, yeah, that's not gonna happen. It's gonna be ten like ten minutes. Seconds. Oh my goodness! So I rambled about being able to partner with them, and and uh, you know different expressions of the church, and blah blah blah. And he said something about golf, and I don't know. So then I I was like, that's enough. And so I went and sat down. And he just came over. He gave me this big old hug while he's laughing, and I was like, you are. You're a punk, man. <laughs> That's fantastic. So yeah, I love it. I thought I'd share that uh, moment of. I uh, wish we had that on exhilarating video. Exhilarating embarrassment. I wonder if, I, if can we find that online somehow? I'm sure they've deleted it since then. They probably edited out just that part because it was like. We got to find that. We got to find your your appearance on on was it Wipeout? Back oh in the yeah, day? I did. I was I was on Wipeout back in the day. That I, was, I don't I don't mean to take us off on a bunny trail, but you've been that is you've been on national television bunny, a couple bunny of times, trails a couple times now. Yeah. That's just not, it's not my, uh, it's not my cup of tea, if you will. <laughs> Enough of that. Uh, let's talk about what's coming up. So we talked about 2021. We have 22 coming up, but in the meantime, we have a lot of things that are different in the next couple of weeks. So as, uh, as we are looking forward to um, our Christmas Eve services, walk us again, walk us through uh, Christmas Eve, the weekend after, and the weekend after that, and Walk us through the next next couple of weeks. Yeah, sure. Uh, really, as our schedule goes, I uh, want to make sure our people have this crystal clear. This Friday, we have our Christmas Eve services on the 24th. We've got two services at 3.30 and 5 p.m. Always interesting to me as we huddle up as leaders and try to figure out what would be the best times for people mm-hmm. and all these different opinions <laughs> come together in a, in a room, and that's what we landed at. So I hope that's a, a good time for for most, if not all, this Friday, 3.30 and 5. And then a couple days later, Sunday, the 26th coming up, is our Sabbath weekend. 
So I hope the word gets out yep. uh, well. Please help us spread the word, not only about Christmas Eve and who you might bring with you, but but that we're choosing to rest this Sunday, the 26th. There will be no services. The doors will be locked. The lights will be off. Mm-hmm. And it's really a time for everybody who works so hard to serve and to make our weekend services happen, just to take a big breath, including pastors like you and me, Brooke. Yeah, for so sure. valuable time to be with our families and, and rest. And then the following Sunday, which is our first Sunday of the new year, I think I believe it's the 2nd of January, mm-hmm. um, because school will not have started and we just we won't all be in our, our rhythms yet, uh, coming off of New Year's and all that, we've decided to have just one service on the 2nd. So instead of a 9.15 and 11, we're going to just have the 11 a.m. service on the 2nd of January. Um, and then after that, school resumes for for all the kids all the way up through through college, I mm-hmm. believe, by that point. And, uh, and we'll be back in our regular rhythms starting on the 9th with two services. So I hope that's, that's a lot of different times to throw at people. Yeah. But there's, there's reasoning and, right. and thinking behind it. Um, to bring it back to this week, Christmas Eve, man, I, I cannot wait. I, it's one of my favorite times of the year for obvious reasons. Uh, it's a meaningful time to be family uh, together. Uh, it's fun to have people bring their relatives that have come from far places to visit just to come and, and just worship with us at Colonial. Um, we traditionally do a candlelight experience at the end. Um, I know that's not unique to colonial, but it sure is a special time just to, just to be together. So know that there'll be a lot more music and a lot less talk from me and, uh, just come, come ready to enjoy. Yeah. So, so Christmas Eve, three 30 and five, correct. The Sabbath weekend, the 26th of December, there is no services. And the first weekend of January, January 2nd, there is only the 11 o'clock service. Correct. Just to recap all those. That is all correct. Good. Probably be good good to put that in the show notes as well. Sure. Just to have a visual reminder of that for all the people that study our show notes so (laughs) thoroughly. (laughs) That's right. I'm sure. I'm sure that 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 totally happens. Okay. So uh, before we get into Acts, um, let's go, as, as we're looking back, um, let's go back to uh, something that came up over, uh, I think it was, what did we say? It was episode 45 and 46. I believe it was 40. Oh, shoot. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I believe it's 45 that's and 46. Oh, so as we were talking about, um, as we were talking about compassion and uh, partnering with them and their transparency and yes. all of that, yes. um, you wanted to go back and talk correct. about something that I you wanna, said. I want to correct something. I want to admit that I messed up. Um, I'm not, I'm, this is a serious thing. I, I spoke inaccurately and have been corrected and I want to, I want to do the right thing. Um, I hope I'm even modeling this well, because this will not be the last time <laughs> that I mess up. Uh, we all make mistakes. We, we misspeak. And I think it's really important that we, we, we come up behind it quickly to the parties that we've talked to, or in this case to an unknown audience, uh, mass audience on our podcast to cut to the chase. I misspoke. I back in episode 45 and episode 46, I was really trying to talk about the integrity and the trustworthiness of compassion. And, and frankly, just my excitement about our church partnering with a parachurch ministry that's been around for decades, like compassion international and the way they're, they're just so trustworthy. Uh, and as a, as a reference point, I, I compared and contrasted a little bit 
those two times with an orphanage we used to partner in ministry with way back in the day, way before my time. So it, you could argue I shouldn't even be talking about that because <laughs> everything I've learned about it was is at least secondhand, if not fourth or fifth hand. Um, here's the, the reality is I, I said words like failure. I said words like mismanagement of funds. Um, I, I clearly implied there was problems with that partnership, which led us to move away. It's not actually accurate. I, I conflated a couple different stories together. Mm. We have had a loss of trust and some, some poor decisions made way back in the day by our own leadership here at Colonial. And a lot of people were here for that, know about that. I don't want to drag that up either. It's long before your time and my time, Brooke. Yeah. Um, but I just I mixed up those stories a little bit together. Here's what really happened. In fact, let's celebrate this. Evidently, what I now understand is we had a good five, maybe six-year run with an orphanage in Mexico. Sent a, a lot of money down there. Had a fruitful ministry partnership with them. And it was very God-honoring. A good thing. Worth celebrating. It, it, if nothing else, it shows that our church has cared about the least of these, has cared about the, the, the little ones right. in poverty and without way before you and I showed up here. Yeah, for sure. So I love that. What we had is we had somebody from Colonial there on the ground uh, that was our point person that we could send money to, that we could get updates from, that partnered with, I believe her name was Sister Susanna, that really led that the ministry of that orphanage. Unfortunately, it, after several years, I think it was six, uh, this individual, our connection down there, moved back to the U.S., and we no longer had a, a clear avenue of how to how to get money down there appropriately, how to how to communicate both ways, and so our church leadership, again, this is before you and I came, made a hard decision to stop, and um, that's where I feel like, if anywhere the word failure applies, is mm -hmm. we just did we stopped doing what we said we were going to do. Uh, but I under, my understanding is we just couldn't do it anymore. And so real bummer that that had to come to an end. I don't want to get into the details either, but I do know that, that the funds that were raised for that ministry got put in a separate uh, or needy orphans kids fund. It's now been called the Wichita Falls needy, orphan, needy orphans fund. Am I saying that right? It's uh, Wichita Falls orphans and needy kids. Orphans and needy kids yeah. fund. And we have used that uh, that money to specifically uh, help kids in need in our community here, families in poverty here in Wichita Falls. Uh, but we've kept that separate. Yeah. And so that's really important. I know that means a lot to the people that gave toward that. We wanted to honor them. And I shouldn't even speak any more to that because that's something that, that was before us and, and yeah. out of both of our lanes. But I really want to own that I misspoke. And, I, and just so our listeners know, we're going to go back. Brooke's going to help me and just put a little brief preface on both of those episodes that also clarifies, hey, when you hear me say later in mm -hmm. this particular episode, X, that's not true. What's really true is Y. Um, so I'm sorry about that. I, I think that we've got some some long timers that understandably were like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. That was really a good thing we got to be a part of. Don't call it right. anything negative or don't imply that we did something wrong because we didn't. We didn't as a church, um, and individuals did not. It was just it was a loss of connection, is what I'm mm. understanding. What I want to celebrate, if I can try to put something on top of all this, is two things. One, let's be people who admit when we're wrong. Um, 
I think that's a great way to lead, to serve, to love each other. Two, let's celebrate that our, our church's heart many, many years ago was for the least of these down in Mexico. We have now found another great opportunity to partner with Compassion International in this particular community in southern Mexico, Tapachula. 80 kids now, yeah. 80 kids now yeah. today are being cared for by Compassion because of the generosity of our people here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could not be more excited about that moving forward. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll also say um, I appreciate the fact that you're willing to come on and say, hey, I messed that up. Um, it's I, humbling. I was wrong. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, and nobody likes to do that. But the fact that it's not just like, well, that was in the past and those episodes are, are, are past and gone, so we're just going to move on. But the fact that you were, you're willing to come back and say, yeah, hang on. Let's let's fix this. Let's talk about let's talk about what I said that was wrong. Yeah. And let's talk about what actually happened. Um, you know the bu- the bummer with that, even in our medium of a podcast, is you know I just have these pictures in my mind of back when people actually held newspapers in their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that there'd be a a correction right. on page eight, and, and the correction in, never in the gets corner, more. and and that doesn't change the fact that you had it as a headline on the first page the right. first time. And we're, I, I don't know how else we do do a correction in this regard. Sure. I, I think there needs to be a time when I am willing to stand up on a stage. Uh, mm. and, okay, I was on this stage, and I said this, and this is what I've come to realize. And I, I, I'm sure there's been several times I should have <laughs> already done that, you know? Um, but I'm less worried about the people who know me and know my heart yeah. and know you and know our hearts and... Um, it's a bummer for people who don't know us or don't have history with us that might question, you know, yeah. integrity or or, or uh, just transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know how else to live. We gotta, we gotta be real. If we do a podcast, I'm looking at you across the table. If we do a podcast where we talk for 45 minutes or an hour every week, <laughs> oh my goodness, somewhere in there, we're gonna mess this, gonna up. Mess this up. And we, you and I, need to hold each other accountable and be open to our uh-huh. listeners who say, who raise their hand and going, "Whoa, hang on, I think you didn't, I think you didn't mean this, but this is what I heard you say, mm. or did you really mean blah 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 blah?" Yeah, we welcome that podcast at colonialchurch.com. There you go. There's accountability there that needs to be needs to be made for sure. Well, and and I think it's it's interesting to see, um, you know, in in my position to uh, to to be able to use that fund for kids in need um, has been really has been really a blessing in a lot of ways that that I didn't have to uh, try to figure out how can I possibly meet this need. I mean, and it's been things from like car seats for kids to meals um, for 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 families and kids in crisis. Um, working with CPS, and I mean, I, I can think of a time that um, I had the opportunity to uh, to meet a family at a hotel and um, and pay for a room for them mm. as they were getting away from sexual abuse. Oh wow! Um, you know, and so it's like th- that those those funds have still been very impactful on some people, and not in splashy ways. That's like, hey, check out what we're doing. A lot of it's mostly like it's behind the scenes and it's just somewhere I could go and run to the store and do something. A first aid kit for a family recently yeah. that I just got a I just got a thank you note in the mail for, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so it's things like that 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 are still very much it's still very much meeting the needs of people. Yeah. Um and, and kids That's throughout great. throughout our community here where we can. So Yeah, I love it. I know your heart, Brooke, is is for that as much as anything else. And 
I hope people in the past that have given to that that fund and given to to meet those needs, uh, I hope they can have some great confidence knowing that um, you're 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 actually really selective about about doing that kind of stuff mm. as a church. So I appreciate that, man. Bed bugs, Ugh. exterminators, yeah, beds for kids. Like we have done a whole lot of beds for kids. That it's just again, it's just stuff that's. It's not the hey, guess what we just did. Mm. It's just the things that just happen, you know. Yeah. That we get the, the opportunity pops up and right and um, and so the faithful giving that people had from, you know, however long ago that was that went into this fund going to the orphanage that was no longer available. That, right. That um, um, we're still able to put it to good use and, yeah. and take care of some families. So, all right, let's talk about acts. Uh, let's dive into Acts before we uh, before we move on and wrap up the entire year here. Uh, we today uh, are going to talk about Peter's conversion, even though we've already talked about Saul's conversion and the Ethiopian eunuch, which I don't know if that's actually a conversion or not, but kind of. Uh, Cornelius, as you started out. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one's different. Why is it different? Uh, well, I, I hope it was clear uh, that... The more I studied this passage in Acts chapter 10, uh, the more I really believe that Cornelius, as, as important a role as he played in this, this story of a Roman soldier searching for, for God, uh, I love that it pointed out he was already a man who prayed a lot. He was already a man who gave to the, to the needy, to, to the poor. And, and that's what the angel said. God has, God has watched you. God mm-hmm. has seen your heart. God has seen you seeking him. God has seen you uh, giving to those in need. Uh, he, wants to, he wants to fill in this big blank that you're wondering about. Who is God? Which I think if any of us had an, a random angel show up, would all hope that I the think angel that'd be would be like, hey, <laughs> I think that would be enough. God's watched you do these things and be like, How cool sweet. would that be? Yes. And then when they said, I want you to talk to so-and-so, I don't know if I could run fast enough. Yeah, be like, okay. But it it does, this passage (laughs) does say he sent not just a couple servants, but one of his close personal attendants. Like, I can just picture him going to his right arm guy, don't mess this up. Mm. I really want this to happen. So I'm sending you two, not just a couple minions, you know. Mm. Uh, But ultimately, what I have learned in studying that passage is this was all about Peter. This was all about taking this Jewish disciple of Jesus, this man who grew up in, you know, just totally immersed in Judaism, including even his understanding of what the Messiah should be, his understanding of, of practices, Jewish customs, Jewish rituals, circumcision, all everything, how to be right with God, how to be right with God through all the Jewish the, religion. Yeah. He, he brought all of that with himself. And then journeyed with Jesus and and did realize, oh, it's not about checking all those boxes. It's about trusting and following him relationally and 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 embracing that there's a new agreement on the table. There's yeah. a new covenant, yeah. Jesus called it. But still he he walked around like dragging that's the image in my head. He walked around dragging with him his old way of thinking. Sure. And he found himself mired in preaching to Jews sharing the gospel with Jews. Uh, oh, you're not a Jew? Well, you need to con- you basically need to convert to Judaism and Jesus, you know? That's kind of speculation, but you think it was like, that's what's comfortable? I think so. Or is it just, that's so much of his, um, 
that's just so much of the box that he's been in it, for so long. I think it's more the box. Like I, I, and I, you're right. It's it's hard to, to to know. I think if I was in the middle of you know a different world and culture, put me in India for a minute. Mm-hmm. I know, and that's a great example for me because unlike Jordan, I think Jordan's been to India. I've never been to India. I don't I don't know much at all about the culture there. Yeah, and Hinduism and all that stuff. Right. And so if if I was sharing the gospel naively with what what little I know about that world and that culture with someone in the middle of all that, right? I'd probably say, well, you need to find a good church. You need to get in a small group. You need to do you need to study the scripture like sure. this. And that may have nothing to do right. with with the way his new faith in Christ is to apply. Right. But that's my box. That's right. That's what I know. You need a Jesus fish for your car. <laughs> got to get, you know, Caleb's all over the world now. So you got to, you got to be on Caleb. I mean, I'm making this stuff up, but right. that's, I'm, I'm giving him what I know. Right. And I, and expecting at some level, I hope I wouldn't be this way, but I bet I would expect at some level for him to learn to be an American Christian. Yeah. And as opposed to just an Indian Christian. What is what does Christianity look like? Yes. What does following Jesus look like in yes. that context? And still, the basic truths are yeah. are they're un, they're not changed at yeah. all. But what does that mean day to day for you to live this? Oh, you're used to this, this, and this, right? You know, I, it's fascinating to me that that Peter yeah. needed to Peter needed to embrace the last part of of Jesus' command when he said, "I want you to go and tell everybody." He started with here, yeah, Jerusalem, but then the whole region of Judea, Samaria. That's where everybody's eyebrows went up. Samaria, really, <laughs> wait, with those wait, people, what? and to the ends of the earth, mm. you know, which really meant to the ends of the Roman Empire, basically, uh, which is all over the place, mm. you know. Um, so that's really what we talked about yesterday. Is is Peter being converted? Let me ask you this. I'll put you on the spot, okay. Brooke. We don't use the word convert. No. Not really. Or to convert someone or conversion. Um, how did that sit with you first? First, hearing about the conversion of Saul in Acts chapter nine, and and wrestling with the conversion of of Peter differently. Any particular thoughts come to mind for you? Well, as somebody that has, you know, I've worked in church for nearly twenty years and grew up in church all my life, you know, uh, a convert or conversion is not a weird, um, it's not a weird concept. Like I, I get it. Uh, so, you know, when you, th- when you talk about like Saul, like that's uh, Saul to Paul, like that's, that's an easy, that's an easy one that, that totally fits what I normally would wrap my mind around as, as conversion. You know, um, he was not, not following Jesus. Then there's a conversion. Now he's following Jesus. Right. Um, and so to to put Peter in the same camp um, or or in the same verbiage, they throw uh, you off at first a little bit, yeah, because it's like, well, it's not. I mean, because because my mind says conversion is not knowing Christ, now knowing Christ, yeah, and and then whatever you know impact that has throughout your throughout your life and all of that, and, right? And uh, and so and so this one, it's almost like what we talked about last week, where. It's 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 a journey in a lot of ways. Like, sure, there is the moment that you're saying, "Okay, I want to follow Jesus now." Right. There's a moment of regeneration. Is kind of the 
the technical way of putting it. Right. For a new life. But but that doesn't given. but that doesn't mean that everything else in my life has immediately changed. Yes. You know, how much of my life will continue to change because of that decision. Yes. And because of the decisions that I continue to make to follow Jesus, right? Um That's a good point. Um and, and I don't mean like I gotta go rededicate my life and I've got to go down the aisle and, and pray get, the prayer all over again. Over and over again. <laughs> but that daily I have to make a decision. Am I following Jesus and what I'm doing? Right. Am I am I, you know, how am I building into this relationship? What is um you know, what is what does that look like on a day to day basis? Yeah. When I make big decisions, like those are they still it still comes back to the same kind of a deal. And it's a journey along along the way. And so I think I think uh Peter kind of fits more into that where it's like, yeah. okay, no, he's obviously made a decision to follow Jesus. Right. Um, because that's where we get examples of this and, you know, from this from the gospels. And but he's still going through this continuous conversion. And so I think that's where the word conversion right. kind of is a struggle for me right. in that in that area. But um but but I understand it more as you as you went along. It's like, okay, I, you know, even in the context of what we've talked about, like there's still a journey. It's not just like because they met with Jesus, now everything else makes sense. Yep. Um, I still have to wrestle through what does this look like when I do this? What does it look like when I have this decision? What, if it looks, what does it look like when I have this situation come yep. up or, or whatever? You, um, you know what you make me think of right away? A, a, a tangible example uh, is a dear friend of mine that uh, I knew when we were both in Houston. He's now up in the Baltimore area. But my friend Mark, who... Um, stumbled into our church. Uh, I'm not even going to tell his story because I'm, I'm banking on him being a guest with us at some point this year, mm. but just came from a really dark, hard situation, stumbled into our church. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was drunk and or high when he first came to our church. You could see it in his eyes. You could hear it when he talked. And he started journeying with us in Houston and came to Christ. He came to the point several months after starting doing life with us mm. where he made a decision to follow Christ and he was baptized and only I would say at least six or eight months later did he come to grips with, ah, I am an alcoholic. Um, I still have the need for God to take all of my life. Mm -hmm. Not just everything but my drinking, mm. not just everything but my coping, you know. And so you, you're talking about, um, I guess, big, giant religious words. We talk about sanctification being that long-term process, that long-term process of change, of transformation. There's there's instantaneous new life in Christ, right? And and the doors swing wide open, and and we we run into His embrace, so to speak, and we we start life with Him. But man, you you spoke really well to. But then day two, day three, day four, day hundred, <laughs> day thousand, day five thousand. Yeah. It's a daily choice that application to stay open to his leadership and to mm. to repent of mistakes you've made and and choices you've made and to re surrender, recommit yeah. on a. I would say at the very least a daily basis, right. if not <laughs> more often, twenty seven times yeah, a day, right? right? Continuous. Well, yeah. and and you know, you talked about you talked about. Uh, he said, uh, "No, Lord, we we don't we don't eat that. We don't do that." You we. Know? That's not what my people do. And and but that 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 makes me think of so many times where you know we we live in specific pockets, you know, specific settings and cultures and traditions, and then it's like, 
well, how many, you know, how many times do we, do we say that? Or do we, maybe, maybe we don't like formally, formally say that, God, we don't do that. Right. But we act that way. Yeah. We don't do something because, well, that's just, that's not what we do. And I, I just thought that was, that was interesting. Like, yeah, no, we don't eat that. We don't, we don't do that. Can I just jump on that right now? You know what? And I hope anybody who's tracking with this uh, from Acts chapter 10 is going to find this fascinating and, and hopefully helpful is what we would like to think is that this all changed. In fact, I said this, this all changed for Peter in, in the events of Acts chapter 10. He had that vision. He went and spent time with Cornelius and he said, ah, I now see clearly that God does not show favoritism. Now I get it. Now I get that Jesus is Lord of all. Now I get mm. the gospels for everybody. But just to maybe make the rest of us sinners feel better, <laughs> Peter still struggled after that with embracing this reality. Um, Galatians chapter 2. Galatians is a letter that Paul wrote, formerly known as Saul. Paul, now he's Paul. He's much more, he's more mature in his leadership, his understanding of Jesus. And he wrote a letter to the church in Galatia, um, and this is from Galatians chapter 2, starting verse 11. Listen to this. Paul's writing this. But when Peter, you know, the guy who supposedly gets all this now, (laughs) came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face. These are two Christian leaders going to duke it out, so to speak. I had to oppose him to his face, for what he did was very wrong. Verse 12, when he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers. See, he, he learned. Now he's hanging out with the Gentiles. Yeah. He ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. That's a Jewish practice. Right. But afterward, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. Hmm. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy. And even Barnabas, Barnabas is one of my heroes, I was shocked to be reminded of this. Even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. I'll skip a few verses. Paul writes in verse 16, Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus, not by obeying the law, not by jumping through these practices. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law, for no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. So Paul got in Peter's face, said, I'm calling you out, brother. You were doing well. You were loving these non-Jews the same as everybody else. And then this group of Jews then, comes in from out of town. Then the peer pressure happens. And the peer, man, doesn't that, in some ways that encourages me because yeah. I, I feel it. Oh, what do people think if I do this? Right. We all, we all struggle with that. But then comes arguably the most famous verse in all of Galatians, Galatians 2.20. And here's the context. Right after he's talking about this, argument with Peter and setting him straight. He says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hmm. I love that. That's such a famous couple lines from Paul. It is not I who live, but Christ lives in me. Mm -hmm. I'm dead, so to speak, to the old self. That's in the context of him getting in Peter's grill. No, Mm -hmm. you're doing it wrong. It's unconditional love. It's grace for everybody. It's the gospel is we're supposed to eat with the non-Jews, not just the Jews. Yeah. So that's fascinating to me how those stories come together, you know? Um, 
another thought that I, I will double down on from yesterday that I, I love to hear your thoughts on. I really believe that this was not a conversion story of, of a Roman soldier. Like I said, it was a conversion story of a Christian leader. Mm. Like, I hope that carries the weight of the message. Yeah. All of us as Christians need to repent, need to, need to wrestle with oh, how am I, how am I embracing maybe making some peripheral things, the main thing, how am I downright sinning? What do I need to repent of? It's another thing to say a Christian leader this, this is Peter, the leader of the Jewish Christian church, the leader of the church in Jerusalem. The one, you could argue, if Paul's commissioned to share the gospel with everybody, the, non, the non-Jews, you could argue Peter's mission in so many ways was to share the gospel with, with Jews, and he still needed conversion. He still needed correction, if you want to call it that. Uh, he still needed to be humbled and change his ways. And that, that carries a lot of weight for me. Okay. Yeah. I'm a pastor now. Okay. I know this stuff. <laughs> I need to help everybody else repent. Yeah. No, I, I need to be open to how God wants to go. Okay. So what you've been teaching for 20 something years, I need you to reexamine this part of your life. Yeah. I need you to reexamine the gospel you're sharing with people. So boldly you're a little off. I think, I think that's a sobering beautiful, challenging yeah. reality. Well, and I think I, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I agree. I think it's, you know, it's, it's easy for us to, it's easy. It's always easy to criticize somebody else and to say, well, Hey, this is where you're missing it. What, you know, the, the splinter in someone else's eye and the, and the plank in our own and, or the log, depending on the version you're, you know, if you're on a boat or in a forest, but, um, you know, that, that it's just like, man, it, it just, it gives me hope. Like I, I, I see hope in that, that man, I know I'm going to mess up. I know I'm going to say things wrong. I know I'm going to fall into some camp that, you know, that, that maybe is not quite right or whatever. And, and there's still hope that on the other side, I can still be a leader, still be the the husband I need, the dad I need to be and mess it up. And that I can come out on the other side and, and it's okay. Yeah. I can, I can learn from my mistakes that even the, even the people in the Bible, yep. you know, as you like to refer to the knucklehead that is Peter, yeah. um, you know, and, and all of the times that he puts his foot in his mouth and that still didn't stop him from being used by, right. by Jesus and being Thank his God. right-hand man, if Thank you will. Thank God. Yeah. I, I hope it speaks too to, man, if I say this, I say this because I've been convicted about this for a long time. I, if we could just extend grace to everybody hmm. around us all the time. You yeah. and I talked about that. Yeah, right. I think it was between services. Even. We just start, <laughs> went on this rabbit trail. Man, if... Wouldn't it be nice? If everybody who loves Jesus and is trying to pursue him would just embrace God's grace has covered all my sin, man, I've, I've got I've to think the best of the people around me. Mm-hmm. When people mess up, I've got I've to just hope that it was an accident, they mis, misspoke, they made a bad judgment call in the moment, or that they're even if they're outright rebelling against God, I, I to extend grace to go. God loves them still, every bit as much as He loves me. Who's quote you know doing all the right things? <laughs> if we could just, can you imagine if Colonial was full of people who just extended a ton of grace to each other? I know that's really dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're right. It's like the, the easy thing to do is to extend grace to yourself. Yes. In in yes. a lot of in a lot of scenarios. Not so always, so but, let's put it this way. Yeah. If we all extended the same level of grace we extend to ourselves, 
Um, oh my goodness. Mm, do unto others as you would have them do to you. Somebody famous probably said that at some point. <laughs> Is that from Star Trek? I think so. Yeah. I think it was Spock. No, that, that sounds like Jesus. No. Oh, maybe it was him. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> so I, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Brooke. Mm, okay. Um, and I, I know that putting me on the spot today. I like that. Okay. But, um, you know, getting to know you and care K and your family, uh, you came to know Christ a long time ago. Yep. You had certain worldviews, certain thoughts, um, perspectives, especially as a growing young adult. Um, and then well into your thirties, uh, you and Kara Kay, you already had three beautiful daughters. You made a big decision to adopt, um, your little boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he is from a completely different ethnic group. Right. Um, and it has, been a hard and beautiful and wonderful I know journey for you guys just to step into a different world and go okay how do we do this how do we do this well what what do you need to teach me God right um, to use some of the language from my teaching yesterday you've got a lot of new information mm-hmm. <laughs> and you probably probably on most days feel like you lack still oh yeah um, but you've read some things you've you've tried to put yourself in the, in the the feet of others from a learning standpoint you've also blatantly been put in proximity to someone you care about who's different, different than the the crowd around uh, your family in so many instances and, and your church family in so many instances. And I think that alone just, I feel like I'm putting words in your mouth now, but, <laughs> but I know from talking to you, just giving you a different perspective yeah, and maybe a heightened sensitivity to just how we treat people different than us mm. or, or what you want so badly for your son. Um, and then to use the final of the three pieces of, of, uh, of elements that I taught yesterday, you've, you've internalized it, you've, you've experienced it, which is different than talking about it, different than reading about it. Um, how old's Kendrick now? Is he? He's almost six. Almost six. Almost. Yeah. And still most of this journey is ahead of you. Obviously you've scratched the surface. What, what, what were you thinking yesterday as we talked about? The conversion of Peter and well, just his eyes opening to the gospel is not just for any one type of person or yeah. group of people. Well, and as, as you were going through those things yesterday, that's that's one of the things that I wrote down was new information, a new way of thinking, proximity to an outsider, and a new way of living in the world. And it's, you know, let's see if I can figure out how to tell these stories <laughs> briefly because I'm a detailed storyteller, so they'll ramble on for forever. But um, I can think about times in my life that I had the opportunity to, uh, to change my mindset. Um, whether I was confronted with something, I was in proximity with something. I think about opportunities that I had in college with people that I was around, that mm-hmm. I had an opportunity to change my worldview, to accept new information, but I didn't. Mm. You know, And I can think about those times that it was like, it, it went over my head whether I was not mature enough or whatever, that I missed that new information I, and therefore didn't get through the new way of thinking into a new way of living in the world. I so wa- I wonder if that specifically was a maturity issue for you. I, I, I know you're speculating. Yeah, it's kind of hard, but, um, but I, I mean, I can, I can look back now and think about times that it's like, man, I, I had the opportunity. I was presented with, with the opportunity and I didn't do it. Mm. Um, you know, I think about I think about working in a previous job where I had um, uh, LGBTQ people um, around you work, me. You worked side by side all the time with, yeah, right? all the time. 
and it provided me with a with new information, new ways that I now understood that people were treated around me. Yeah. Um, and 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 more, you weren't reading it in a book, right? You it were wasn't watching just, it unfold exactly it, on I'm, your on your employee team on exactly. in, in the store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it it gives me new information, and it forces me to 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 think about that and what does that mean? And it's not about you know. And then I have to take it into well, how does this translate into the way that I'm living, mm. in the way that I, uh, you know maybe maybe joke about things or treat people or or assume things about people yeah. and and you're right adoption of kendrick is the same um it's it's very much the same you know uh, the things that i assumed going in things that um was just new information that provides a different way for me to look at the world and mm. say what does that mean for <laughs> you know, so much more. You talk about, yeah, he's, he's almost six. So I've got a, we've got a long road ahead and, um, you know, working with, with, um, families and organizations that deal with, uh, that deal with foster care and adoption, you know, in the ways that they get left behind or the, the ways that we perpetuate things, it's, you know, the, all this new information and, and, um, as, as one of my favorite authors, Brian Stevenson talks about proximity to, um, to, people in poverty or two people on death row or in, and then of course in my situation, LGBTQ or adoption, fostering, um, a different race. Um, you know, it, it has caused me to start to, uh, read the Bible, study the Bible in, mm. in a different way with mm. different lenses on and, and, and thinking about, okay, I can't just assume that I understand this. You know, we've talked about this, you know, numerous times. What's the, you know, what goes without saying in that culture is not what goes without saying when I read it. You know, I fill in the blanks in a very different way. Um, you know, reading books that are from people that I maybe don't agree with right. or maybe didn't agree with before right. um, that have just caused me to think about things differently. Mm. Um, you know, consuming news and politics and things like that with different lenses and yeah. just trying to be more sensitive to the ways that I interact with people, the right. ways that I say things, the, you know, the thoughts that I think that, you know, it's like that whole footprint of, my, of myself. And then I mess it all up and, <laughs> and I have to have somebody come say, Hey dude, stop that. You know, I just want to interject and I know one for time's sake, I know we got to wrap up soon. You can't possibly share in, in that brief of time, how much, how much God is, growing you up, so to speak, mm -hmm. how much God is stretching you. Oh and, yeah, for sure. Um, I hope that's coming through on multiple episodes and future episodes too. I will say, um, I want you to know, I, I, I want our listeners to hear me say as a partner in ministry with you here as a fellow pastor, I love just being a fly on the wall in your <laughs> journey. It, it's, it's, uh, I think you're handling it well. I think you, you are modeling to me seeking to understand. I think that's, that's gotta be central to the way we love and serve our neighbors, the way we seek to point people to Christ right in the middle of all that has got to be this posture of listening, of seeking to understand. And I love that about you, Brooke. Mm -hmm. Um, and I recognize you're going to struggle. I know you have, and you're going to struggle with being really upset at times sure. about, oh, I just learned this and, and my closest friends and coworkers <laughs> and are, are maybe don't see it that way or, mm -hmm. or, and, mm -hmm. and I, th I, I think you're handling that well too. I think you're, 
you're extending grace and patience to people, um, myself included, maybe who sometimes don't deserve it because um, you just want to shake shake me <laughs> or us. And I'm sure you know. And that doesn't mean you're always right either. I think that sure. that's that's a given. I, I just I'm grateful to have I'm grateful to have you in my life as a as a friend and as a partner in ministry because I think that um, we need to be. If I can wrap my thoughts up with this. We need to be chasing after Jesus with like-minded people. Mm. There's something about being in a tribe, being in a group, it's not all bad, of people that you just love and can do life with and, and have this natural connection with. But I feel strongly about this, and it gets me in trouble, maybe with some of our listeners. We also have to expose ourselves to other ways of thinking. Mm -hmm. We have to be open and humble enough for God to do a work in us that stretches us way outside of our comfort zone. And, um, I think, man, I'm 52. I sure hope when I'm 82, people say, man, he's teachable. Yeah. Cause I, I don't think that's the natural bent in this life. I think the older we get, maybe from my age on, <laughs> yeah. we so often get less teachable. Mm. We get more ingrained in our ways, which in a lot of ways is good, but, in some ways is bad. It's just, I, I, I want to be someone who's 75 studying my Bible going, oh, no way. Yeah. I th think I've been seeing that part wrong mm -hmm. all my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I hope I'm that way till my grave. Yeah. Um, well, and I, w I would add one more. I would say, um, one of the things that I've had to learn throughout these you know, parts of my journey is that not everybody is on the same journey. Yes. yes. Not everybody is in the same not place. Not everybody's in proximity to the same right, people right. or needs. And so, or... and so because something is now a hot button issue for me right, or it's right. close to home or right. whatever, for me to assume that you will immediately get that is, 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 uh, I, I don't know, maybe arrogant is the right, I don't know if that's the right word or not, but it's, it's, it's me assuming that that one that I'm right or two that that you should be here as well and not being patient with the journey that you're on or where our journeys intersect, if you will, you know. And so, yeah, I agree. I want to be 75 and still learning and at the same time be able to extend grace to the people that are not learning at the same pace or at the same place, the same journey in general, Um and I think that's why, you know, there's, there are so many needs in the world and you're not supposed to go fix all of them, but what does God calling you to, Yeah, you know, cause we're all different. We yep. all have different passions. And so that's, I think that's what I would add to it is that I, I still want to be on the other side of my journey thinking, I don't know where you are in yours, but I don't want to assume anything about yours mm. and I want to walk along with you mm. in it. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Love it. All right. Let's wrap this thing up. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Go wrap it up. Go wrap it up. <laughs> uh, Christmas Eve. Can't wait to celebrate uh, New Year. Uh, I'm excited about the 2nd of January when we, we get back together just once. Um, full disclosure, I'll be at my family reunion that weekend. It's when my grandpa would have turned 100. So we're going to have a ton of Joneses all in one place. And finally remember my grandpa and probably eat a lot of unhealthy food. I know... I already know what Pastor Jordan is going to teach that day, and it's a great way to start the new year. Um, and then the ninth, I'll leave you hanging a little bit, but we're st we're not going to be an axe in in uh, on the ninth of January. We're gonna we're gonna uh, brace ourselves, I hope, 
for uh, God to do a really cool work in us in the middle of January and all through February. Um, I'll go ahead and say this. There are eight other churches in town Mm -hmm. um, that we're partnering with on a special endeavor in the new year. Really? Yeah, just to tease our audience. Mm -hmm. Eight different churches, including... Uh, First Baptist, First Methodist, I mean, some some big churches that are kind of the pillars of our community, as well as some other smaller, different kinds of churches. Um, very excited. Right in the middle of our mission statement, we say we're, we're making disciples here at Colonial who unite our city and impact the world. This is squarely in that second phrase of of being one big church and really mm-hmm. trying to unite. I'm so excited. It's going to be good. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's pause this conversation. Pause it. And we will come back and do this again in a little while. Sounds good. In a few weeks. This has been the 2021 version of the E6 podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information about Colonial at colonialchurch.com or from our app where you can get it at the App Store, the Google Play Store. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Send us your questions. Send us your feedback. um, Podcast at colonialchurch.com. We thank you for listening to any one or more of our 48 episodes from 2021. And we're going to take a break and pause our conversation. And we will be back in January. Thanks, guys. Thanks.